I want to say again that today we are going to restore the chalice to the faithful. Uh, for those who might have come in a bit late, uh, there will be two chalices, and we're going to see how many people actually want to receive under both kinds, and then we'll, we'll try to adjust in the weeks ahead to get a reasonably accurate uh, amount for those who want to receive. But we really do celebrate the return of the chalice to the people of God. As Catholics, we believe that the Eucharist is Jesus Christ himself. That is the teaching of the Catholic Church. There is no other teaching of the Catholic Church. It doesn't look like, it doesn't symbolize, it doesn't make us feel good necessarily so that we can go home with warm fuzzies in our heart. It is the body and blood of Christ. At every Mass, when the priest pronounces the words, this is my body, this is my blood, the bread and wine are transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. The greatest thinkers in the world have wrestled with how to express this mystery, a mystery which we call transubstantiation, by which the substance of the bread and wine changes into Jesus, but the accidents of bread and wine, the flavor, the smell, the taste, the appearance remain the same. If certain philosophical charged terms seem a bit confusing, maybe I can modernize our language just a bit. The words substance and accidents can be readily translated as the reality and the appearances. Usually, reality and appearances coincide but we all know that that's not always the case. Take, for example, it might appear that the sun moves across the sky. It comes up in the east, it goes down in the west. That's our language. But the reality is, it's our world that is rotating. Sun didn't go anywhere. Our world rotated. It might appear like we look up into the night sky and see the stars as they are, but the reality is that we're seeing the past when we look at stars because it takes time, sometimes billions of light years, for starlight to actually reach us. And yes, I must remind you that Father Mario was there at the dawn of creation. Someone might appear to be an unfriendly person at first. We even have ways of expressing that, that somebody has, a, well, shall we say, an unhappy face at rest. But in reality... That person might actually be a truly nice person 
reality and appearance don't always Thank you. All together now. Coincide. Thank you. Whew. That's how it is when it comes to the Eucharist. Jesus might appear to be bread and wine, but the reality is that's Jesus. That's what he said. He spent the whole sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John telling us, you have no life in you unless you receive my true body and my true blood. That is our God whom we worship. And that is why at certain times during the Mass we kneel down. Now there are some in our Western culture who see worship not as kneeling down, not in kneeling as reverence, but sort of singing at the top of their lungs to the beat of a driving bass guitar. We're not that kind of Christian. I'm sorry. And that has nothing to do with people who play the guitar. It's who we are. That's why we strive to receive the Eucharist in a deeply profound and worship-filled manner. We want to receive it worthily and devoutly. I had someone recently say to me, well, you know, you don't quite teach that in the church. And I said, well, yes, we do. And they said, well, in reality, I'm not sure that you do because... Catholics have gotten used to kind of this drive-by McDonald's mentality of walking up, hand me the, I'm out of here. I said, I remember the old days. I'm just saying. And that's also why I take my time purificating, purifying the vessels after communion the smallest drop from the chalice, the smallest fragment of the Eucharist. It is Jesus. I know that appearances can sometimes be obstacles to faith. At least that was the case with a certain priest whose doubt is closely associated with the origin of the solemnity of Corpus Christi. And yes, Corpus Christi is more than just a place on the map in Texas. A celebration, actually a holy day of obligation, which we celebrate this year on Thursday, June the 8th. So if you want to pull out your and mark your calendar, that's okay. But don't say you weren't given a heads up. Here we are, June 8th, Thursday. 2023, Holy Day of Obligation, the Feast of Corpus Christi. In the year 1263, there was a priest from Prague, Czechoslovakia, who was traveling to Rome on a pilgrimage. He stopped by the town of Bolsena, which is about 70 miles north of Rome. While celebrating the Holy Mass there above the tomb of St. Christina, 
he had barely pronounced the words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, when the bread visibly turned into flesh and began to bleed. Drops of blood fell onto the corporal, the placemat, which is a small white cloth that is placed upon the altar. Confused, the priest initially tried to hide the blood, but then he interrupted the mass, and he asked to be taken to a nearby town of Orvieto, where Pope Urban IV was residing at the time taking a little holiday, if you will. Being a pope's hard work. The priest confessed to the pope that he had been having doubts about the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. So my friends, if you have doubts this morning, I'm not going to say you're in good company, but the tradition of being a doubting Thomas goes all the way back to Thomas and here we find it in this particular priest in 1263. Did I mention he was a roommate with Mario? <laughs> with this doubt on his soul, when the priest had said the words of consecration, hoc est enum corpus meum, hic est enum calis sanguinis mea. This is my body. This is my blood. It was then that the miracle had taken place. The Pope listened to the priest's account and first of all absolved him of his sin and of his doubt. Then he sent emissaries for an immediate investigation. After reviewing their findings, he ordered the bishop of that diocese to bring the host and the linen cloth bearing the stains of blood to Orvieto. And with archbishops, cardinals, and other church dignitaries in attendance, the Pope met the procession on the way, and with great joy and celebration placed the relics in the cathedral of Orvieto, where they still can be viewed and venerated today. Personally, I hope to one day on a trip to, you know, the home office, Rome, or as some Catholics refer to it, the real holy land, I want to have a chance to see those relics. Legend says that it was this miracle that prompted the Pope to commission St. Thomas Aquinas, maybe the most gifted theologian the church has ever had, to write a mass and a morning set of devotionals honoring the Holy Eucharist as the body of Christ. You might be familiar with certain traditional Catholic hymns like O Salutaris Hostia, Tantum Ergo, and one of my personal favorites, Adoro Te Devote. I know that you've heard that one. You probably heard it in this church after communion on a number of occasions. It starts out, humbly we adore you. Translated in that particular English setting by the Reverend Father Gerald Manley Hopkins, 
of the Society of Jesus, a Jesuit. And I got to put a plug in. He was originally born into the Anglican Church, but in July of 1866, at the age of 22, he decided to become a Roman Catholic and traveled to Birmingham, England, to consult with the leader of a group of Anglicans who had converted to Catholicism, a man by the name of John Henry Newman. Saint John Henry Newman received Gerald Manley Hopkins into the Roman Catholic Church on the 21st day of October of 1866. All of these hymns that I have mentioned were composed over 750 years ago by St. Thomas Aquinas himself. And in the following year, Pope Urban IV introduced St. Thomas's composition and instituted the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, Corpus Christi. This is just one account of Eucharistic miracles. There are many other accounts of miracles involving the Blessed Sacrament, some more famous than others, but they come from places like Siena, Amsterdam, Blano, Lanciniano, Bolsena. Editorial note. You wonder why we don't see Eucharistic miracles today in the Western church? We can barely get to the point where we believe that it is the body and blood of Christ. How would we dare expect a miracle of that proportion? But you know, you need not travel too far away to too many places to witness a Eucharistic miracle at every Mass, every Mass, even with a tired old reprobate priest, the bread and the wine are transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again in another homily. There is nothing more intimate in our life of faith than to receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. There is no blessing greater than receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. Receiving communion is the summit and perfection of our faith in this world. In this Mass this morning, may we increase in our devotion to Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And may we receive him with truly believing hearts and expectation. May God bless you all. Amen.